Blog Talk Radio. Break 
Okay, family, welcome to One Love, One Connection, One Us. And tonight we are presenting the 20 tips for a successful marriage. And before we get started, oh, and by the way, my name is Arlene Cahet, and on the line is my beloved. Say hi, beloved. Hi, beloved. Oh, hi, beloved. How you doing? I'm sure the I'm sure the family is doing great out there, and if not, we're sending you some magical power right now. <laughs> yes, because we've got plenty of that superpower. Yeah. But be- <laughs> but before we get started, um, we are going to get ourselves prayed in, and then we are going to go ahead and get into our 10, 20 tips for a successful marriage. So we will be right back. And I'm a cool
King, can you hear me? Are you muted? Okay, let's try this. Cause it looks like it looks like I'm not sure of which one of us is having the sound issue. Okay. So what I will share in the meantime while I'm getting our technical difficulties uh, lined up. So one of the issues that I've often seen on one of my favorite shows, Divorce Court, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, family. It is one of my, <laughs> uh, one of those those uh, reality shows that I, I've had a liking for for a while. And one of the things that often comes up is one of the things that does come up is the lack of accountability for some of the people who come on to the show. It seems to be um, something that is challenging. Do I have too many numbers here? Yeah. Let me try it. So, and a lack of accountability, it it is, you know, it, I've, one of the things that I always find interesting about the shows is that they are, that they are able to, um, it's the sound on your, it's the sound on your phone, honey. Because I can hear myself from from there. Okay. Now, please bear with us, family. No. Sure. Yes, I can hear you on the 973 number. Okay, so, and it's really interesting. A lot of times when I'm, I'm watching the show, uh, it, it is like watching children or people who have had, like, what I consider, like, their unresolved uh, issues um, from childhood or the way that they used to manage as children come up in, you know, in their dealings when they're going to see um, the judge who is a third party to help them to navigate uh, their marriage because them actually having an interaction with each other <laughs> is not working. So in, in a sense, I, um, coming on the show is actually a good way for them to get clarity on whatever their their experiences. But if, but you do have those individuals who just will not own their part, or 
if they they're feeling some kind of way about about what they have done, then they do this thing of deflecting and say, so, well, you know, you did X, Y, Z, you know, I, you know, we, instead of talking about me, let's talk about you and what you did. And, and really in, in order for it to be a successful marriage, I have to agree with this one, that you have to be accountable for your own actions and take ownership of that. Um, it, it does show a sense of, um, um, a sense of maturity. Are are you there, honey? Okay. So which which one do you want me to use? Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. So, do you do you have anything to add to what I had to share about number one? Um, yeah. What I was looking at. You hear me? Yes. I'm hearing feedback. Yeah, but that's oh, are we good? Had, uh, yeah, we're good now. Okay. Um. It said something about um, your part when you are in denial about your part in the relationship. The thing is, is how do you determine what your part is? Okay, so are you actually asking? You're asking me the question. So your yeah. part, your okay. So, um, uh, I will give a for instance. Um, so there was there was one there was one couple where um, where the husband or the person who wanted to be the husband it was before your vows. There was one person who the the woman in the relationship she was withdrawing her affections from the withdrawing her affections from the 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 gentleman in the relationship and the reason why the reason why she was withdrawing her affections was because he was having some issues with his sexual identity. He did not want to own up to, because um, he had, let's put it this way, uh, or he was not wanting to actually put a label on himself and called himself gay or bisexual or whatever the case may be, whatever the sexual orientation, all he, you know, he wanted but he was complaining about her withdrawing the 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 loving and you know, the reason why she had stopped and withdrew her affections was because he had had this affair now he he was complaining about all of these things that she was not doing any longer in the relationship, and that he had gone ahead and did everything that the judge had had said before 
with leveling up, with getting a better job, with, you know, making himself, you know, uh, putting himself in a place where he was more economically stable and he had actually purchased a house and done a number of things. But he stepped out of the marriage and had sex with a man and found out that he liked it. Now, uh, all he was doing was complaining about the part where he was, you know, where she was no longer giving him any more loving. Well, according to her, she was like, he was getting all of that beforehand. He was, before he went to have relations with a man. She was like, you know, I was cooking, I was cleaning, I was, um, I was, um, um, I was giving him all of the sex that he wanted, but he goes out with this. The he goes out with this other person. He goes out with this man, and she was like, "I don't have anything that can compete with that." And how can I, you know, how can I trust that that he will? Oh, what is it? He will um, be able to stay, you know, committed to me. If when things were, you know, I think that they were having a little bit of a dispute, but it was whatever it was, it wasn't something that was insurmountable, but he went ahead and stepped out. So how can I trust that he won't step out of the step out of the relationship just because something will, you know, goes a little awry or there's something that we need to work on? His part in that, his part in that was that he stepped out on the relationship and he wasn't taking he wasn't taking ownership of the fact that his behavior caused her to stop or start acting differently towards him and in addition to that you know he wasn't taking ownership of his own sexuality because when they when they would sit him down and say okay so are you gay are you bisexual he's like i'm not i'm not you know i, I don't believe in labels <laughs> i don't believe in labels and i you know i i'm just i'm just wanting somebody to love me for me and love me unconditionally and and the thing is is that you know, for for it to be really, again, I would say that because he wasn't in the place of identifying himself or at least being completely honest um, with himself, never mind, you know, I, my thought is never mind what you call it. When you see this type of behavior, um, you you go ahead and you take ownership. Uh, take ownership of your part, your part in it. Um, so that's. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, she was. You grab this 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 example that is so like, you say go awry. It's like this guy got banging his tang, and I mean, <laughs> and the wife is supposed to be like, oh, it, it was just a little something something. That that's a major. Okay. That's a major That's, hit. But you know, <laughs> but the thing is, is the thing is, is that he wasn't being accountable for his part of things 
going not going the way he desired and she was not interested in that place of getting married to him anymore because he had been with the dude but you know i mean uh, this is a you know but this is a big thing i guess you could say this is a big thing but but it is i mean uh, okay should i give a smaller example well let's 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 kind of just kind of float on this thing here for a minute right (laughs) um it, it's like they say. Now I just want to share, like you said before, these are. This is a portion of the fifty best marriage tips of all time, from fifty marriage experts, collected over thirteen years. Okay, that's found on your tango. Now, his tango messed up the whole program. And the first note that they make here is if your goal is to have a satisfying marriage longevity, make sure you are accountable for the part you play in the relationship, good or bad. Now, I think a lot of people with the example that you gave us, would probably look for exit strategy because this was not part of, so I believe, was not part of the agreement. So uh, there's a lot going on with that example that is just like off the hook. (laughs) So... I I would say if if we're if we're aiming at and, and I'm not trying to keep this long but I'm just just saying if your goal is to have a satisfying marriage of longevity make sure you are accountable for the part you play in the relationship to me more aligns with Knowing who you are, your responsibility, your accountability in the mutuality of the relationship, and what roles you have chosen to accept, which if you want to modify as you go along, it's important to have the communication that's necessary that allows longevity to be a factor. Um, there was definitely a communication breakdown on this, brother. Because, <laughs> I mean, geez, okay. you know, how you going to come? I, I just can't fit myself in that equation. Um, that's That's like, you know how you say there's those non-negotiables? Yes. I'm thinking... I I I'm just I I got I Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. I mean, so I have uh, let's let's try an example that may be a little bit, you know, uh, where people are not stepping out on each other. Okay. So, all right. Same show, different people. All right. Okay. So, so there was there was a couple. Um, they were on the divorce court, 
And the husband, or I can't even call him a husband because they weren't really married, but the mother of the children, <laughs> <laughs> they were in a relationship and they were, they were doing everything. Yeah. But in, in the relationship, she was saying that he would, that the gentleman, you know, that she could not talk to him. That the reason why she was on the show was because, you know, maybe somebody else would be able to show him or let him know in a way that, you know, that that hurt the issues that she was having. So one of the things that was happening was that he would, the gentleman in the relationship would would only respond uh, you know, respond to what it was that he was, what he thought the person was talking about. And he wouldn't actually answer the question or he wasn't actually listening. So the one of the things that they have been having communication issues over is um, is like how he was disciplining the children. And so one of the one of the things that the uh, the judge had asked him was, um, do you feel that you have an anger problem? And he starts going on over and over again about, you know, not feeling really affronted by being told about how to raise the children. And she was like, what did I ask you? <laughs> the judge. Mm, she was like, right. what, what did I ask you? And he pauses for a minute and he, he doesn't really remember. She was like, there, that is one of the problems there. Do you know how frustrating it is to live with a person who's not actually listening? You're just responding to respond because of what you're feeling inside, but you're not actually responding to the question that I asked you. And mm. she's like, <laughs> and so she was like, now I want you to listen to the question, and I want you to just answer the question. Do you feel you have an anger management problem? And you know, he paused for a minute and he said, "Yes." <laughs> um, <laughs> and she and and what what eventually came out was that what he was really upset about because he you know he had he was having. He was having um he was really he wasn't really angry at the family as much as he was angry at himself. And right. he had he had he lost his C D L because he did not pay some parking tickets. Mm. And so <laughs> so and so what he had been doing is, you know, he had been he had been taking like these part time gigs in the middle of the night and you know, and the thing was is that he was a bear to live with. And you know, it came out that it, you know, that his part the part that he was not seeing was that he was fighting the wrong thing. That he needed to pay down those parking tickets so that he could get back on the road and start making more money and start being the breadwinner so that he could start feeling better about himself because it was all about what he was facing was a, a whole lot of negative talk about how he's feeling about himself. 
he had been um, working in a warehouse and he had constantly been losing jobs because these jobs were paying significantly less and he did not like having a boss. So he would get, you know, he would get in a huff and he would leave these jobs, you know, and he had gone, he had gone through several jobs, uh, several jobs. And what the judge told him was he was, she was like, she was like, I think that what must what might be happening to you is that you're you're so angry at yourself that you you're letting your anger spill onto your family and that the discipline that you're giving the discipline that you're probably um you know exacting on the children is probably excessive because you are angry with yourself and you don't want to create those tornadoes in the minds of your children and the you know the woman that you're you know the you know or in your wife but you don't want to you know create tornadoes in the house that you know because you because of the way you're feeling and she was like and what the thing is is that when you walk into that place before you go in you say I'm not going to let these people get uh, make me angry cuz I'm paying down my I'm paying down those tickets to get my CDL I'm paying down those bills to get this CDL that is what your fight is with you know, there's no because there, you know, you need to need to focus that energy on your solution, and so the thing was is that because he was not taking responsibility, um, and, and he he was they were having conversations about things that were the effect, but not. You know that the they were try they were trying to take care of like the effects, but they they hadn't been addressing the cause, and he hadn't been taking ownership of what it was that he was feeling. And as a result of him not taking ownership and taking responsibility for his part, he was bringing chaos within his home. Okay. Is that a better, okay. That's Most a better example. definitely, yeah. <laughs> and um, I I can appreciate that because. You're, you're looking at a situation there that exhibits um, the emotion controlling the individual as opposed to the person allowing his actions to control his emotions. So the ingredient that I find interesting with the first comment, the first statement that's brought into the uh, equation is if your goal is to have a satisfying marriage of longevity should be to have the goal of having a satisfying marriage of longevity. So that's what marriage should really be about. And you have to make sure that you're tweaking what's required in order to recognize your part, which I can clearly see in the example that you gave. And, and, um, our listening audience, I just want you to know that uh, Arlene loves to do research <laughs> with this show called Divorce Court. I share that because at one point I started to become worried because I was like, wait a minute, we doing okay. I think our marriage is fine. So why is she looking at Divorce Court? So what, what's going on here? <laughs> and so as as I sat with her and I watched it to see what was happening, 
uh, it's it's the process of research in and of itself so that she can see what type of people are out there that are having problems, how to assess what's affecting the individuals in their union and what seems to be reasonable solutions to their issues. So um, Judge Lynn Toller is a yeah. very good friend of Arlene's. They have yet to meet, but when they do, <laughs> it's going to be a ball, I tell you true. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> with that, we will move on to number two. <laughs> okay, so Okay, so <laughs> number 2 is research consistently shows that touching creates a stronger bond by releasing a uh, releasing oxytocin. So, holding hands, rubbing shoulders, a hug, a kiss, giving high fives, or even fist bumps or bottom pats. When you give a quick hug or kiss, try to lengthen it to at least five or ten seconds for more effective results. And that one was by Lori Lowe. Um, I think she has she she's I think a marriage type of marriage therapist. Anyway, so touching. Touching very important in marriage, and and not necessarily restricting it to when you want sex. So, again, here's what I will say. Um, one of the things um, that that's a part, actually a part of uh, the love languages by Gary Chapman. And there are some people who actually have that as their particular love language. But even still, even if you are not, even if that may not necessarily be your love language, um, touching actually does create a stronger bond between people. Uh, it, it does show uh, camaraderie, friendship, um, love, and affection for one another. And and in a relationship, I think that it it, it may be a place where it is uh, a necessity. Now, there are a lot of people or a lot of people out there who are in relationships and they find this to be challenging, but it, challenging because they never saw it as an example. But I would suggest it's okay. Uh, it's okay. Fireworks. I got you, boo boo. (laughs) We're sorry, family. (laughs) We living for the city people, ain't no doubt about it, right here in the B more. And they do a whole lot more than they do in other places. So when you hear something go pop, you ain't too sure what it is until you pause. And that's what happened just then. Okay. Yeah, Fourth of July is on its way. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, uh, so that touching, 
touching, it, you know, it is, it, it does create a stronger bond and it does release oxytocin in, in the, you know, in, in the blood, you know, uh, anything, anything you want to add to that? I think that's yeah, self-explanatory. I want, well, almost, because there's three things that also needs to be said in regards to this. They're saying here, more touching brings and releases the oxytocin. Two, you have to communicate with one another to find out what kind of touching your partner is more inclined to enjoy compared to what you may be inclined to enjoy. Because if you are touching your partner in a way that is irritating to them, then you're going to draw more friction than the support or the the joy that you would be anticipating. So I remember in the relationship I had a friend who would love to rub my hand but it was so weird because it was like when she rubbed my hand, she rubbed my hand like she was rubbing my fur in the wrong direction. You know, I think if an animal has fur on that you rub the wrong way, I don't think that's as comfortable as rubbing their fur the right way. So you, you've heard the phrase, don't rub my fur the wrong way. So I think it's important to work on the communication that is necessary to find out what areas your partner likes to be touched, what they like in regards to being touched. Some people can't do holding hands out in public. So I know a lot of guys feel that way to a certain extent. So if you're constantly reaching for their hand and they're like they haven't gotten to the place to where they're comfortable with that and they feel as if it's a ball and chain effect, then you're going to energize a negativity in your reaching out as opposed to discovering what is the most mutual expression. So communication is always key. There's no doubt about it. And I just wanted to bring that to the table so you understand collectively that it is important to touch. And more touching creates a stronger bond because of the oxytocin that are released. But make sure that's what you're releasing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All righty. So we're going to move on to number three. Yeah. Learn how, to, yeah, learn how to agree to disagree. So it says no two people agree on everything, and that's okay. But it's important to be okay with each other's differences, and that's with uh, that comes from Lee Bowers, Ph.D. So and that seems self-explanatory for sure. Yeah, most what's your, definitely. What's your thought? Yeah, we, 
uh, let's just say let's just say that uh you know like those subjects that would be kind of touchy maybe religion might be touchy for some people um politics might be touchy for some people it's okay for people to you know <laughs> have a difference in opinion about those things and be okay with it uh, and, and just and just let them be. I my my I guess my philosophy is to live and let live. Um and you know, and let's just say I think that if if the world always agreed or we were living a sort of a homogenous uh type of experience that life would not be interesting. Um the way infinite intelligence expresses itself uh, through the people, you know, uh, through people, um, it, it, there is a great deal of variety, uh, a great deal of expression. And if infinite intelligence has no problem with us being different, with each snowflake being different, with each leaf on a tree being different, with each, you know, human being being different, then we should be okay with the differences as well. And and if, you know, if you feel that the subject is a little too touchy, you could say, you know, maybe it's best that, you know, in order to keep on friendly terms that we don't need to talk about this, but that we don't agree and we could just leave this alone. Yeah, that it's a perfectly okay to do that. Anything to add? Nope, I think you're great. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move on to number four. Sometimes it's not about the m- amount of money you spend on a gift; it's about the thought that goes into something. Take the time to write a thoughtful note every so often saying what you love and appreciate about him or her. Um, Drop it in his or her briefcase or purse so he or she will find it unexpectedly and it will brighten up his or her day. And that comes from Suzanne K. Ushima. Uh, and she's a dating coach. What do you think? Excellent. Excellent. It's key to show your love. And that's what I see right there. Um, and I guess this must be in more regards into uh, gifts, giving gifts. Gifts. Yeah, get a gift. Yeah, so if you you can give gifts all day long if you really want to, but you don't want to inundate a person with uh, foolishness behind it. Okay. Find the value. Yeah, find the value in the love and share that, and you'll be surprised what that does in regards to bringing more joy and comfort to the expression, appreciation. Everybody loves gratitude and appreciation. Most definitely. 
Um, five. For men, this is one for, specifically for men, um, it says it's important to understand that women want to be listened to. Men don't need to solve or fix everything. Listening itself is an exceptional gift. For women, it's important to understand that men need time for themselves by giving him space to pull away and and not take it personally. You allow him to reconnect with his desires for you and his commitment to the relationship. Uh, And this is from Mars Venus Coaching, Life Coach. Uh, Okay, so... So this is specifically coming from um um what's his name John Gray John Gray women are from Mars women are uh, men are from Mars women are from Venus um and I I will say okay so I'm going to I'm going to go again back to um go back to uh, uh Judge Lynn Tuller for this one because I see this one comes up quite a bit. So I know that one of the things that John Gray says in his book, and I'm going to go to Lynn Tuller in a moment, but one of the things that he says in his book is that men, when women talk to men, men are assuming that women are wanting men to solve the problems. And actually, there's no really no problems to solve. It's just that women have the tendency to connect through communication and through talking with one another. It is, you know, I think for many women it is a need. Uh, I, but I do know some women that don't talk. I'm just, you know, it, it, but they're what <laughs> what he has. I I mean I do, I do know some people women who don't talk. But anyway. Um, but women do tend to communicate differently, and they have that. And the way that women bond with each other is to is to through talking, it's through talking with each other. Um, men, they've they found, and, and men are from Mars, women are from Venus. That men do like to take some time to themselves in order to regroup and recharge and then come back into the relationship. So this pulling away is for a place for him to sort of restore himself. And apparently this is, they have found that there is some type of scientific evidence that during this alone time, men actually are are having a bit more of a buildup of testosterone before, so they leave sort of recharge themselves and then come back into the relationship. It's not that they're, you know, this this time of connecting and what have you. Um, it's not that um, the man is leaving you um, because women tend to have a need to want to be connected with you and communicating all the time, but it's not necessary. But going to Judge Lynn, she oftentimes, it, it depends on uh with there are often times that the men and women are not communicating and one of the things that she always says is that or she says to the men is that women love to talk uh, women just love to talk and 
all you have to do is really just sort of sit there and sit there and listen. Um, now she, she she actually talks about her husband and she says that her husband doesn't listen to almost she said close to like eighty uh, percent of the stuff that she has to say. But when she wants him to focus in and listen, she will actually touch him on the uh, on the knee and say to him, "Honey, I really need you to hear this. I'm going to be traveling uh traveling to XYZ um you know, I'm going to be traveling out of the city uh, a city um on the 25th of June and I want, you know, you need to be cognizant of this because I need you to take me to the airport that day." And so that is the trigger word for him to know that uh, the trigger word to know that all of that, all of the other noise, other stuff that she's uh, saying to him, you know, he allows her that opportunity to go ahead and express herself. But when he, when he really needs to listen to something important, that is his signal to listen to something important because there's something in it that he has to do that he has uh, that there's something in there like maybe a job for him to do or um there's some information that that's important enough that she wants him to pay closer attention to it and also one of the things that she also says uh, says is that uh, you know giving the that well Actually, that's unrelated. But uh, I, I think that, <laughs> yeah, I just realized that may be unrelated. It could come in, come in a little bit further down the line. But uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, see, if I wasn't listening, I would have thought that you were going to be leaving on uh, June the 25th, going somewhere, and I was like, we well, didn't talk about that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. <laughs> um I I think it's important that men understand that listening carefully, you'll know if by chance she needs you to fix something or she needs you to just listen. I used to have that problem in my previous relationship, and I always thought that in the sharing I needed to address what was being discussed. So I always was the Mr. Fix-It because that's the paradigm I came out of. You fix whatever this situation is, whatever it may be, when in actuality, (laughs) you need to listen very carefully because in the listening, you can respond appropriately at the appropriate time. Because if you start talking too soon and you're not listening, she's going to tell you you ain't ain't hearing her. And (laughs) you can cause a problem right then and there. And it can be tricky. It's it's called the art of listening. And sometimes we have to practice how to do that and for the ladies out there for the men to learn to practice the art of listening 
they would need time to themselves so they can practice alone. <laughs> Give them time to practice so when they come back to play at the concert, they won't be making all of those mistakes they were making before, hitting the wrong notes and sounding terrible. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we are going to move on to number six. The biggest waste of effort in a marriage is trying to change your spouse. You can't fix them. You can't fix them. (laughs) The problems you have with your spouse are generally problems you have in yourself. (laughs) Okay. So it says when you try to change your spouse, you come across as a nag and wind up sending the message that who you are is not enough. Nobody likes getting that message, and it leads to distance uh, distance and polarization. Let your spouse be who he or she is and focus on changing yourself. That comes from Dr. Rick Krishner, relationship coach. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's real good because when I think back, there's a book called The Queen's Code, and they address that in a very interesting way of which um, I would say if you're having relationship problems, that's a good book to, to read just to have a better understanding of men and women interaction. The Queen's Code. Yeah. Also, the you should uh, and it should be noted that the, that particular book is um, is written in storybook form, so it's not it's not like a traditional self help book. It just it gives you insight on the workings of how um, men think uh, and how women think. And the the um, I guess you could say, yeah. I would dare to interject that they share the societal influence that causes relationships to become traumatized. So they open the door to better see and get a better perception of the truth of what relationships are to be in comparison to what society has manipulated people to accept as being okay. Okay. And and by and, and just so you know, the author of that book is Alison Armstrong. So it's The Queen's Code by Alison Armstrong. Okay, so let us move on. 
there uh, there's more that I could say about that, but we we do have <laughs> a limited amount of time on this. So seven. And and one of the things I also want to share too is we could work this out to where we can do a part two or maybe even a part three if you like. So give us give us okay. a thought if you continue so, to move yeah, into uh, yeah. number seven and eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Well, considering uh, considering that uh, shoot, we're we're only on number seven. <laughs> we're only on number seven, and and we've all we we were having some technical issues earlier, so never mind. Okay, but yeah, there's more that I can say about that. That that, that trying to change people, um, it it doesn't work out. I, I recall, uh, in my from my personal experience, um. I was in the first marriage. I was thinking that, you know, that things would eventually change within the marriage. If you can't accept the person as they are right now, then don't even bother wasting your time. Um, with that, the the question you need to ask yourself, as the person is right now, do you think that you could live with them 24 hours a day, seven days a week? And I, even at that time, I was asking that question, and I'll be honest with you, at that time, I I know I said yes to the marriage, but, you know, in my heart, the answer was no. So <laughs> that's something to be mindful of as well. Um, if you're if you're having that intuitive nudge that says you you can't accept that person as they are, then maybe they're better off as a friend. All right. So number seven, Owen. Oh, the other thing is, is the only person that you really can work on is yourself. So number seven, see problems. Boredom in the bedroom, lack of conversation, resentment as symptoms, and treat those symptoms just as you would create a, treat a chronic illness that seemingly has no cure. So at it, every possible remedy you've got, no matter how alternative or weird it seems, chances are one or more of them will actually work and your marriage will get stronger and stronger and that's with uh, Allison Bowman, relationship coach. <laughs> uh, that intro really is troubling. Um, treat it as a chronic illness that seemingly has no cure. Oh, my God. How about a cold? Let's say you can get some echinacea. You can go ahead and get some vitamin C. Um, you know, start taking some... Uh, Vitamins, as soon as you start noticing the symptoms are occurring. Um, chronic illnesses are more like COPD, emphysema. Uh, I don't know how the person worded this, but I guess with the, the medical background I have, uh, this didn't work for me. <laughs> I'm like, come on now. Uh, well, yeah, but if if we but, we look at it more along the lines of maybe, you know, when you have cold symptoms or you start noticing a uh, sniffling or sneezing, and literally you go to take your vitamins, um, echinacea, your vitamin C, um, 
vitamin B complex, getting your rest, getting some sleep, starting to build your immune system, you will discover that those symptoms will disappear and you won't even have to suffer from the cold. So when looking at it from that perspective, when you see or discover that there are issues in uh, your bedroom or see problems of boredom, um, lack of conversation, or resentment coming forth, it's better to address them as soon as possible, to have an open discussion, address it in a manner of love, because what you're after is the warmth and the the excitement that the relationship is there to bring. Anything else, that's not what you're after in a relationship. Now, that's not to say that when trouble does come, you should avoid it or ignore it because oftentimes relationships are here to build us to become a better person. And when it is addressed from that perspective, we become more of what God has intended us to be. And that relationship brings the better of you to the surface of what the world needs. Because relationships, even though we're in them, they're not to exclude us from the rest of the world. They are to empower us to be more of an integral part of the world. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I, I I will say that I'm definitely in agreement with if there's there if there are anger issues, um, like uh, you know, a- anger issues especially. Um, or resentment uh, I, I call them anger issues Because I feel that resentment falls under anger You know It's best to address that then And uh, Then and there it, There's there's no need to Carry that energy forward And and Address what it is that, that Created that And give you, give the You know Have the opportunity to talk about Where that, that feeling is actually coming from because somebody is having an experience for, or having an experience where you've kind of pushed their button and it reset them back to where it was in their past that this issue had come up. So, yeah, most definitely. Um, and I would say that, you know, the suggestion about doing something that seems alternative and weird, well, let's just say, uh, you know, it, it could be it, just the journey itself could lead to an interesting conversation um, and bring the creativity that you're truly desiring into your bedroom experience. But that's just my thought. Anyway. Moving forward to number eight. Next time you argue with your partner, drop the shaming, blaming, need to be right, and listen without interrupting. 
Now, I know that this is hard for some people. <laughs> this is hard for some people because there are a lot of people who are out there who are wanting to be uh, right. And it says here, then communicate about how you feel using, uh, when you do this, it, you need to co- then communicate how you're feeling using I statements. It's not your partner's job to read your mind, guess what you're thinking, or put words into your mouth. These are huge obstacles to open, honest communication and will guarantee resentment, anger, and frustration in a relationship. And that's by Sharon Riken, and she is a massage, excuse me, not massage, but she is a marriage therapist, marriage and family therapist. Okay, so I know that this can be challenging because nobody wants to be wrong or nobody wants to feel that they're the cause of something. Um, and, And saying to a person that you made me feel this way, well, no. They did not make you feel this way. What they did was they they pushed a button in you that caused you to feel some way where you felt disempowered or angry or whatever it is that you're feeling within yourself. And so when you're when you're on you know when you are when you are having your experience, you could say you know when you were. When you were, um, when you you know when you left me alone at the party, uh, let's just say that you you've been at it. when you left me alone at the party and you were talking to those other people over there and not really bringing me into the conversation or not or you know or not introducing me, I felt I I felt ignored. It's just an example. Um, I felt ignored, um, and I, I'll be honest with you that that feeling comes from when I was younger, and my my parents used to have parties, and they would just dismiss me and send me off to my room. And it was only about like five or six p.m. in the evening, and my bedtime really wasn't until seven, and I really felt you know I would really feel dismissed by that. So that it it made me feel like that. It reverted me back to those days. Um, oh my! <laughs> that's just an example. That's just an example. So there's no. So you know, it, 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 that's a whole that comes out a whole lot better than you saying, "You made me feel like uh, feel really, really small and and ignored." And I really. I, I can't understand why you would act that way. I mean, look, that that's not really even taking accountability for your own feelings. And and it really when you say it, say it like that. When you have that need to blame another person and you have that need to be right, what you're doing is you're giving away your own power uh within within that experience you are yeah you're giving your away your own power it 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 kind of shows that you are not um in control of what it is 
it shows a lack of a lack of like personal insight when you simply assume that that was the person because that may not have necessarily been their intention. They may be just somebody who's extremely extroverted and you know and they go out and do their own thing, and it has nothing to do with you. But anyway, you you want to add anything, honey? I think back on when we were talking about uh, fault finding because it's funny how I've seen relationships and and had arguments in relationships where all of that negative energy starts kicking in and the negative vibration may not even have anything to do with what brought the argument to the to the table and that can be harming in and of itself so the key i think when a discussion that is heated occurs is to try to find the loving way of communicating and it's not going to be easy but the first thing you want to remember is that you love this person and that person loves you and if there are words that come that show a lack of love note that not keeping record of it but be aware so that you can come to a reconciliation about what that may have been so you can eliminate it out of their relationship because you're after a relationship that is comforting. You're after a relationship that is the thing that you desire most in life. The relationship to me is the escape from the madness of the world. If you're experiencing the madness of the world to come into the madness of your house, you're going to have some maddening experience that's going to kick off something that you might be in the news. And it might not be pretty. Relationships is about love, you know. And, And one of the things I also wanted to share, Arlene, I think when we get to number nine, we should probably consider the time that has been spent and maybe come back to revisit the rest of this? Um, okay. Because I didn't really have anything to say about number nine so much. <laughs> <laughs> really? I mean, because it, it it's like, it, it's like number eight and number nine are almost the same thing. Um, okay. So moving on to number nine, Uh, take responsibility in your argument. In order to strengthen your marriage, learn to recognize that most arguments have shared responsibility, that both people have valid points and valid reasons for their feelings. And this is by uh, Kate Morelli. Uh, It looks like she is... A licensed a licensed counselor. So, uh, again, 
when you're taking responsibility, you're using, uh, you know, you're taking responsibility for what it is that you're feeling, you know, and, and bringing, and bringing that up. Um, this idea that you have valid reasons, valid, uh, valid reasons and points. Um, the, one of the things I will say is that one of the, I have learned not to really react when people get upset. Um, I, what I will say is uh, I will ask them the question of, well, what did that remind you? You know, what did I say that brought this about? And what did it remind you of? And just tell them it was never really my intention to upset you. You know, so uh-huh. I want to I want to know what what's going on with you, and where really where it's coming from coming from because it is an opportunity to heal a situation. But I think that it's kind of part and parcel to number eight. Um, you you have anything to add? Uh, yeah, to to an extent, it is kind of part and parcel to number eight. But one of the things I find interesting is you have feelings and everybody's feeling is a reality to them so don't dismiss it and don't discount it as though it doesn't exist that feeling may be linked to something that may not have anything to do with the argument in and of itself but recognize your responsibility in the sense that something may have been tapped into of which your responsibility in that relationship or in that argument is to help that person make it through a difficult time that they had not had the closure for or in in something else that might have happened. Not saying that you're a counselor or that you have the training as of, of a, a life coach or a therapist, but you're operating in love, and that's key. When you're operating in love, you want to be vulnerable enough to recognize that everything isn't always about you, and an attack. Everything is not about you and or an attack on you. It could very well mean or be that the individual that is in their feelings is in need of help to get through those feelings, to get to a better place. Okay. Let's do number 10, and then we'll be even, and then we'll come back and revisit this <laughs> next week. <laughs> okay. Okay. So number 10 says, fair is not a four-letter word. You may have forgotten about fairness, but now's the time to bring it back into your relationship. You are both being fair when it comes to divvying up chores, communicating your needs, expressing dissatisfaction, dealing with finances, parenting, and supporting one another. If not now, how can you improve and bring fairness back to the relationship? 
And this is by Lisa Stedman, dating and relationship coach. Mm. Okay. So what do you think? I hear the word harmony in that description because I think of uh, two songs, um, Stevie Wonder, All is Fair in Love, and then um, uh, Earth, Wind, the Fire, Life is Fair. It's fair but so uncool. <laughs> so um I I I kind of go into that place of recognizing that you want some sense of balance, some sense of harmony that brings the comfort that a relationship ought to have for the both of you mutually. One of the biggest issues I hear, especially when there are children involved in a relationship, is the amount of time the mother may spend in comparison to what time the father may spend with the, the 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 offsprings of that relationship, and oftentimes it appears that it is unevenly yoked, but you have to come to a place of understanding what that balance looks like for you and your partner, so that the harmony that is required will come about. Some people have issues with chores. Communication is always the key in my book. So do talk with one another. And just sometimes just know that it's going to be okay. And quit fighting all the time. Gee whiz, I'm like, people tired of that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I recall watching watching these shows where these family would have what they call the wife swap. I think that that was actually the name of the show. And the show what what they would do is they would they would you know, the wives would live with the family for a period of like 3 or 4 days and then the wife the wife of the swap, the swapped out wife would go ahead and bring in, uh, bring in what the rules and regulations and the things of that nature uh, to, <laughs> to the relationship, uh, you know, into the household and change up the dynamics of, <laughs> of how the ho- household operated. There was um, one particular place where the husband was doing all of the work. So the husband was the provider, and, you know, the husband did all of the cooking, the cleaning, and and he, he pretty much married a princess, a princess that did no work. 
<laughs> so, so the wife that he got, the wife swap person that he got was a wife that really kind of believed in equity of, uh, you know, equity of the work. So what, what she, what he, she, uh, what she ended up doing was putting the children to work um, to care for the house. And and also, I think she she changed up the way they she changed up the way they ate as well. Um, but the the relationship the relationship was where the there was no fairness in how it, this household was operating. <laughs> There was no fairness in how this operate was this place was operating, and this particular woman that that came into this household with where the the um, the the wife was a princess. She how the how yeah she she was a dairy farmer, and the dairy farmer dairy farmer wife came into the prince. His home, and then the princess came into the dairy farmer's oh, home. <laughs> so, so she had what she started doing was she started making the children clean up because the father did everything. She started making the you know clean up, and then the father was all like you know the father was like oh he was he was happy. <laughs> For the changes <laughs> that took place in the household, because uh, because there was more equity of the, I guess you could say, equity of the labor of of the the taking care of the house. Now, when the princess went to the dairy farmer house, she did what she did. <laughs> she switched everything up. And she switched everything up and was trying to have the father do all of the work on the dairy farm. And the children, the children actually, you know, started crying when they could not help their father because they knew how much work was required and that, you know, that this woman comes into this house and she's not having them do any work. <laughs> total madness. <laughs> total madness. <laughs> no equity of the work. Well, let's just say when they, I think that once they switch back over, I don't know if the husband who, you know, it, when they switched their wives back and the princess came home, things had changed up significantly because the children in that household really got to see how much work their father would do. And, you know, and I think that there was just a little bit more compassion for the father um, after they started having to do the work. A little bit. Yeah, but, well, perspective is everything. <laughs> and let's just say that the dairy farmer family was happy to have their mom back. 
I know that's right. <laughs> so fairness. <laughs> it's not a foul word, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Check that out. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that was number ten. We are going to we're going to go ahead and shut this down. We we lasted a little bit longer than we normally would have. Um, but is there anything that you want to share with the family before we get off the line? Yes. Wife swap ain't no wife swap unless y'all hitting that thing. I'm sorry, I just had to say that. <laughs> um, you know, that that's that's just me. <laughs> Oh, well, okay. <laughs> All right. All right, family. <laughs> so we will see you next week. Um, I am having um, a special show tomorrow called Spiritual 411. And there is, uh, there is uh, for those of you who are, uh, you know, um, into astrology, please feel free to join me because I'm going to give you some important information about a few dates that are coming up that are going to be a very powerful time. So you can actually add in your spiritual practices. So please join me um, at 8 p.m. tomorrow uh, here on, on Divine Inspiration Network, where I will do the spiritual 411. So we are going to go ahead and sign off, and we give thanks for your presence here. Um, we love you, we bless you, we appreciate you, we thank God for you, and we know that wherever you are, God is. Ah, Shay.
the perfect compliment Cause I'm unbossing my world But when we're together He just makes me feel like his girl He's giving me love So steady He touches my heart Now I'm ready He touches my soul Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.